morning mix on Mix 96.5. We are with Sheila and Free the Captives. You guys have an event coming up. It's the Superheroes for Freedom Fighting Human Trafficking. It's the fourth annual Freedom Fest in 5K. Yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the event? Thank you so much for having me this morning. Thank so, you for coming in. Thank you. At Free the Captives, we work with teen trafficking survivors from the U- U.S. So these are girls who are trafficked between the ages of 12 to 14 years old. And so the purpose of our 5K and Freedom Fest is to bring awareness about this terrible reality that's happening here in Houston. And so our run is at Mason Park, and it's a particularly at-risk area because it has lots of pockets of poverty. Mason Park. A lot of people mm-hmm. are new here to Houston. Mason Park. Where is Mason Park for people that are new? East side. It's inside the loop. Perfect. All right. So for those of you that are new to town, now you know where you're going. What can people expect when they come out there that day? So it's going to be a great event. It's going to have free food, free games, all for the families and children to come. Everything's family friendly. Human trafficking is a really dark and difficult topic, but we want it to be something that everyone can enjoy and feel comfortable bringing their kids. And so we'll have bilingual speakers talking about how to keep their kids safe. We'll have live music and just a, just a lot of fun to bring out the community to learn about ways that they can protect their children. Now, I noticed it is a superheroes run, yes. so can we dress up in superheroes costumes? Yes, okay. it is highly encouraged. We will Are we have Marvel a co- or DC Comics? <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> Well, it looks like DC Comics on one of the invitations because we got Wonder Woman. Okay. Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. All right. Yes, we will have a costume contest. All ages are encouraged, and there'll be age groups, so you're not going to be competing against a cute little one year old. So, which did beat us every time. I know. (laughs) Sheila, you just mentioned earlier about making people comfortable with talking about this topic. What ways do you go about actually doing that? Because obviously, there's ways to phrase it that make people more uh, willing to, to to discuss these kind of things rather than other ways that it could be phrased where people just kind of leave that out in the ether. Yeah. So we don't it's already shocking and awful as it is. We don't need to make it any more gruesome or more make it any more Hollywood right. to talk about it. So really, it's going to be informational, ways that they can protect their children from traffickers. So traffickers like to use social media to groom their these young girls. And so a lot of it is social media safety, just being able to have these open conversations with their children about who they're talking to and, and really just paying attention to the signs of what can make a child more vulnerable to being trafficked. It's a preventative almost. Yes. What age are are you talking to those kids? So the young girls that are targeted are middle school. So traffickers specifically choose 12 to 14 years old. I mean, I just want you to think about that age group. I know if I had a time machine, it is not the age group. I would say, yes, I want to go and relive. And so for these traffickers, they know that they're vulnerable. Their hormones are going out of control. They want to be more rebellious. Yeah, they're just, you know, it's just the perfect age group to swoop in and be that quote unquote knight in shining armor. Mm -hmm. I'll protect you. I'll take care of you. You know, look at all the money that I have Mm -hmm. and I can spend on you. And they... They don't, it's not kidnapping like you see in the movies. That does happen, but very rarely. So they spend time essentially dating these young girls. And when you're 12 to 14 and an older man is paying attention to you, they are just, you know, so easily to fall in love with these, these en- men. Enamored. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So you're saying that they sway these younger girls on, on Facebook and, and mm-hmm. probably Snapchat and things yes. like that. So what do you do then as a parent when your child has a cell phone and they have social media? I mean, it begs the question, how do you protect your children? So really just being very, very vigilant about what they have access to. So any, not just social media, but any app that has a chat option, a chat Mm -hmm. feature, and just having those open conversations about what 
these people look for, what kind of conversations that they're going to have, and really emphasize that if they haven't met this person face to face, they shouldn't be divulging personal information. They shouldn't believe that this is an intimate relationship because a lot of them do. They believe that these online relationships are really going to amount to something significant. Sheila, I have two daughters myself, so let me, as a father, assume that I'm going to be able to protect them. Mm-hmm. What about their friends? What about their friends whose fathers aren't in the picture? Maybe their entire family really isn't in the picture, at least in terms of paying attention. How could a, a dad like me also be uh, helpful to that girl in yeah. addition to my own? Whenever I speak to youth, whether it's at a youth group or at high schools or middle schools, one thing I emphasize with them is that they are the frontline workers. Before a friend or before a youth is going to go tell a teacher or tell an adult or tell a parent or even before a parent sees the signs, their friends will. Their yes. friends will notice that an older boyfriend has been coming around. Their friends will notice bruises or certain things that they're talking about, certain language that they're using. And so just encouraging your own daughters to have these conversations with these friends. Because really, the reason that that age group is so vulnerable as well is their desire for attention and affection. And you're right, when they come from, most of them do, um, they come from all demographics, but of course from broken homes, they're much more vulnerable to desiring the attention of somebody else. So just encouraging your daughters, your children to be basically the eyes and ears in their school with their classmates, with their friends, and and just notice those signs as well. Is there an age for girls that you think that this is beyond their comprehension and it's just maybe going to scare them rather than actually be preventative? Like I have very, Mm -hmm. very young daughters. I mean, are we talking eight, nine, 10 to prepare them for mm-hmm. 12, 14, or do, do you even see a, a trend towards going younger than that? Yeah, just the conversations in general are so important to be scaffolded. So starting at a young age, so most of our girls, their abuse started way before they were trafficked by the age of four, some of them, between wow. four and 10 years old. So just having conversations about body awareness and you know um, body safety and, and privacy at a young age, at a very young age, because the unfortunate truth is that most of the predators initially are people within the circle of trust either a family member or a neighbor or a close family friend. So scaffolding the conversation just about them knowing that their body belongs to them, what privacy is and what's appropriate and not appropriate. So that's always okay at a young age. And when you make it very informative, kids don't think anything strange about it. It's just like saying, hey, look both ways before you cross the street. You know, it doesn't have to be a big deal. And then as you start giving them trust in the internet or phones, that's when you start talking about that social media safety. So all these scaffolding, these conversations will help that once they turn those ages of 11, 12, 13, 14, you can have a more candid conversation with them. I would have to imagine, too, and this will blow your mind, Jeff, because you have $2, but you also have a son. This is also boys now. Yes. And what's crazy yes. is is that it's taken a major twist from just the females that now yes. it's, it's, the, it's the boys. So I guess then the question is, how does it go from chatting on a chat room or what are we 18 (laughs) (laughs) in a a snapchat you know you've got your aim i mean you're you're chatting with someone you're um you know direct messaging in them then how they say meet me here come find me here and then that's Yes. Yeah. And so for young boys, yes, they are definitely just as vulnerable. And the way that traffickers target them specifically is through online gaming, because, you know, in online gaming, you can talk through, you know, to anybody, anybody, pretty much anywhere. And they it's not so much a romantic proposition as it is with the females. Exactly. Like, hey, I want to train you. Yeah. You know, you're so good at this game. Here's some cheats. Here's some ways that you can get better at this game. And then you build sort of a camaraderie and then. Again, that builds trust and that builds an opportunity to say, hey, let's meet up. Let's, you know, I've got this cool gaming system and whatever. You don't think about it like that. That is Mm -hmm. essentially, that's a chat room. That is a chat room, you know? So, exactly. Man, 
once these children are taken, what are the likely for the parents that are listening? And this is a reality for you because these children are not being taken out of like random mm-hmm. homes. This is in your suburbs of like Katie yes. and Sugar Land and areas like this. This is something that could happen to anyone. What is the likelihood of you being able to get that child back? So for the most part, these young women and young men are not under lock and key. A lot of our girls, when they were being trafficked, would go home during the day. They would be trafficked at night and on the weekends. And so just, again, that vigilance of of being that parent and being involved and knowing who their friends are, knowing where they're going is so important. So they're not ultimately with their trafficker 100% of the time. Eventually it does come to that. Most of them will drop out of school at some point, but teachers especially, teachers, anyone in the school environment, Mm -hmm. counselors who interact with these children. So some of the signs of trafficking are um, drastic changes in behavior and not just teenage angst or emotions, but if they were, you know, very friendly and outgoing, all of a sudden they become reclusive. Or if they were very introverted and shy, all of a sudden they become promiscuous and provocative. Um, Also just stops doing things that they were once interested in. We mm-hmm. had a girl who was really involved in volleyball and track. And I just think about all the coaches who could have seen that warning sign as soon as they stopped going to practice, stopped right. going to games, dropped out of, you know, their, their classes eventually, um, signs of physical abuse. So these types of things, just being really vigilant and aware. So then if you're a teacher, mm-hmm. you run that risk of parents saying, don't be so involved in my child life. Your job is to educate my kids. Mm-hmm. Say you're a teacher and you see these signs. What are your steps? So it's true. I used I used to teach middle school, and that's why this age group is so close to my heart. Um, at the end of the day, it's about protecting those students, whether or not the parent wants to listen, and that could be referring that child to a counselor, letting that start there, building that trust with that student who will hopefully share and open up, um, and then eventually having to, if they have to, call law enforcement if they suspect something, because it is a crime for mm-hmm. these older men to be soliciting these young girls online and. And the chats are very vulgar and very, you know, so oh, yeah. I've, I've... It's not like there's some sort of gray area where you're like, this could have been this no. or... Oh, yeah. This. Okay. Yeah. So there's evidence of that, too. So um, as a teacher, just, again, reaching out to the support systems in the school, the social workers, the the counselors, and, mm-hmm. and if necessary, the, the police. Fourth annual Freedom Fest and 5K on Saturday, April 21st in Mason Park. But uh, Sheila, I also see that your organization uh, does a number of events yeah. throughout the year. Uh, how has that grown uh, in in recent years in terms of things that you're doing to even expand more to the community? It's been incredible. So we've been around since 2009. And since then, we've just really wanted to reach out all sorts of interests and all sorts of people. So um, we have our fashion show this Friday. We have, you know, a luncheon. Lance Berkman came and did our luncheon last year. Awesome. He has four daughters. And so, mm. you know, it's that really close to home. Mm-hmm, yeah. It was really, really close to home for him. And we even had a Star Wars event earlier this year. So we wow. yes. what? What? I know. What? We did. Sheila. We did. When you have the next one, make sure you let us know. I mean, my Wookiee outfit's in the car uh, right now. We, we had a lot of cosplayers come out, too. and we had, um, So we want to reach all sorts of people because it's a problem that affects us all. And unfortunately isn't as widespreadly known as it should be. So, yeah. What if you're someone that doesn't have children, but you're listening to this right now and you're hearing you tell these stories, what can they do to get involved? So the first thing is to get on our website, freethecaptiveshouston.com, and then you can sign up for our newsletter online. And we will post our upcoming events, upcoming needs. We have volunteer meetings. And this, the 5K, if you're not a runner or walker, we could use your help volunteering as well. So we usually have anywhere between 300 to 500 volunteers to make this event successful. So there are just ways for you to get involved and, and be a part of the solution. On the on the sadder part of this, what if what if a girl is listening right now and this is her situation? What if this is her reality? What do you say to her? That there is help. That there is a way to get out of the life. That it 
a lot of the girls will stay because of threats of violence mm-hmm. or feeling truly love love by their trafficker and just to know that they are valuable and worth it that they don't have to live a life of abuse and that there are organizations like free the captives who are there to help there's law enforcement who are there to protect them and they can just reach out to us if if there's something that they want to pursue um, to leave a life of trafficking. Do you find that a lot of girls stay in this type of lifestyle because they're afraid to tell mom and dad what they've done? Yeah, traffickers are, it's literally their job to be charming and manipulative. And so they know exactly what to say. So as a young girl, sometimes it starts off with the trafficker just telling them to send nudes to them. And can you imagine being threatened I'm going to post this online and your parents are going to see this. And so there's so much shame. And and one of the biggest things that traffickers do when they're grooming these girls is isolate them from their support system. Right. So they know they're not going to go back to the. Your moms aren't going to want you after what you've done, after what's Mm -hmm. been done to you. Are you kidding me? Do you think that she wants you home in her house after you ran away and now you want to come crawling back home? So they know exactly what to say to make these girls feel like it's a hopeless situation. It's so hard to hear because, you know, Lori and I being women and growing up and knowing those awkward phases where you just wanted someone to tell you that you love you and then hearing it, watching Jeff's face through this entire thing, knowing that he's got two beautiful young daughters and a a beautiful young little boy that that people Mm. could do this. You know, it's hard not to want, you know, to just get involved right now. And how much is it? So you can sign up on the website. Yes. Free the captives. Houston.com. Uh, 8 o'clock is going to be the One Kids Fun Run. 8.30 is going to be the 5K Run and Walk. And then 9 to 1 is the Freedom Fest. And that's where you said there's the free food, the games, the music, uh, and the human trafficking talks that you guys are going to have. And mm-hmm. for those of you that are competitive, whoop, whoop, 10.30 is a costume, a contest. Yes. That's right. Always good for a costume contest. Come correct, yes. folks. If you're going to do superheroes, right. like, you know, if you're going to do DC, stick to DC. Yeah. You know, if you're going to do Star Wars, come with Star Wars. Because I got news for you, Jedis are superheroes. Yes. Bring I agree. your muscles. We had a camel last year. Too. Oh, I don't wow. know how they ran together. I don't know how it was superhero <laughs> themed. He did have a cape. It was a camel in a cape. No, well, there impressive. you go. But that there is an go. impressive uh, yeah. run. I don't I want to be the, back to the camel. Well, there you go. If you're listening right now, you're like, I don't have a right. superhero costume, but I have a cape. Um, find the outfit that you, you have go. and put on a just cape. throw a cape on it. <laughs> and I think with all joking aside, that the most important thing is just to get up, dress up, and show up and to yes, come out and support. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. We really appreciate it. And uh, all the details we'll put on our website at Mix965Houston.com. Uh, Sheila, we really appreciate not only you know you coming in today, but the work that you guys do 365 days a year. Thank you so much.